Hi there, this is Alyssa from Unbusy, where I teach you how to simplify your home, create routines that work for you as a work-from-home mom, and up-level your work-at-home mindset. Today, we have a bonus episode for you all about why you should work less as an introverted entrepreneur. We're bringing on a guest, Mariah Kaz, to talk about the four-day work week, doing less, and simplicity in your business. So Mariah is the founder of Fearless CEO, where she has spent the last seven years working with entrepreneurs to build their online courses, group programs, webinars, evergreen funnels, and even more. Over the years, she has worked with thousands upon thousands of clients and has been lucky enough to mentor many of the household names that you know of today if you're a business owner. And as the seasons change, as the industry shifts and as algorithms go rogue, and the circumstances continue to fluctuate day to day, there are principles that remain timeless and evergreen. And the heart of Mariah's teachings comes down to her signature approach of creating empowering enrollment experiences that both you and your customers will love. So hi, Mariah. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Alyssa. I'm so thrilled to be here. I had the privilege of being one of your students last year, so I'm really excited to introduce you to all our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. If you, our listeners are introverts, like we are, your way of doing business is going to be a total breath of fresh air. I hope so. (laughs) So tell us about why you shifted your business to a four-day work week. I'm all about the four-day work week too. I do that as well. But so much of our industry seems to think this is a revolutionary idea. What made you believe so strongly in this that you cut your response time availability and you did that for the, at the time, giant team you had as well? Yeah, totally. So we had, I mean, we had somewhere between 15 to 20 full-time employees when we implemented the um, the four-day work week and we continue, you know, we still continue to have it to this day. But I will say now we have a much smaller team over the last year. And I feel like the the principles are there, but we almost approach it with an even more like flexible approach with less people. Um, but I think for me, like the concept of the four day work week, which we implemented in the summer of 2021, and a lot of people will do like, summer Fridays in their company, or, you know, people get uh, half days on Fridays, like in during the summer and stuff like that. But for us, we wanted it to be year round. I mean, especially once you have experienced the four day work week and Fridays off, you never are going to go back. You know what I mean? You're never going to like want to to do that, uh, not do that again. So for us, it really came down to like, um, you know, it had been, it was in the summer of 2021. And I think everyone was just feeling a little crispy and a little burnt out from like the pandemic, personal stuff going on. Business had, our business had just exploded during the pandemic because we teach people really like how to bring their businesses online and how to teach virtually and stuff like that. And so um, I think we were all just feeling like working at a slower pace would be good for us. And I just, I knew that if I had gotten to the point where I was like, I would like to have a shorter work week and I would like to like rearrange my work schedule, I knew that my employees would definitely be good with that too. (laughs) There was a little bit of nervousness about like work expectations and like productivity expectations, but I just had a sense. I was like, there's no reason we can't do what we're doing now in four days a week instead of five. Like there's just no, I just couldn't see a reason why we couldn't make that happen. Um, And we actually did like cut down the hours too. So I know a lot of people will go to a four day work week and they'll make, they'll make people work longer days for four days, but we didn't do that. We just kept the same, you know, it's the same kind of schedule, but off on Fridays. Um, I feel like the four day work week is a very like the whole idea of having Fridays off and having, you know, these asynchronous days on Monday through Thursday and stuff. It's a very structured solution 
to like the core principle that I believe in is working in flow with like your energy and how you're feeling. And like, if you have, like, especially as introverts, we just have the ebbs and flows. Like some days I'm just like, I can't even look at the computer. I can't do anything. I just feel tired. I there's, I I don't have it in me, (laughs) but then some days it's like, oh, wow, I have all this energy. I have all these ideas and I'm going to work, you know, a little extra or whatever. And so at the, at the core of it, I really just believe in being extremely flexible and working a couple days a week in whatever way that looks. But for us, when we had a team of 20 people, you have to put parameters on it. And so the way that we created like spaciousness, flexibility within some structure that a team could function was the four day work week with every Friday was off for everybody. Um, so people couldn't necessarily choose like which day to take off. It was like Fridays, the, the, um, office was closed. And a big part of that, as you can imagine, like you mentioned, like changing our response times, a big part of that was communicating to our clients how we are going to a four-day work week. And therefore, like we don't respond to emails or messages or we're not available on Fridays anymore. And um, obviously people were really excited and like supportive of that. And I think see it as like a model of something that they want to create as well. So wonderful. So Springboarding from that, can you explain your mindset around working less? Because most of the business advice we hear is all about productivity, productivity, and more productivity. Mm -hmm. And here you are coming in saying, don't worry about functioning at peak productivity all the time. In fact, that is a bad thing. So tell us why you say we need to take the pressure off as entrepreneurs. Yeah, I'm definitely like anti-productivity, not just like, oh, I'll leave that over there because it doesn't work for me. But like, I think there's a lot of ableism in productivity conversations. I think when people are trying to like be like, oh, you should like optimize yourself as like a human being and be at working at your peak productivity. And this is how to do it's like to me, not only is it ableist, but it's also like the best way to just suck all the joy out of everything that you love to do. I feel like when you're focused on like this hyper productivity and optimization, you are uh, like kind of making yourself miserable by focusing on, oh, I can't do that. That's not the most productive way to do it. Or like, oh, I have this hyper structured schedule. And that definitely works for some people. Like I love that for some, you know, that works for you. That's great. But if it doesn't work for you, I don't want you to be sitting around thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just stick to this? Like everyone seems to be able to have this perfect, like I could never have a schedule that was the same every day because I don't have the same energy every day. Like I'm just like, I don't, Sometimes I'm really tired. Sometimes I have energy. Sometimes I'm doing this. Sometimes I'm doing that. Like I would never be able to stick to a schedule. And so I just think this whole conversation of like trying to maximize your productivity and be as like efficient and optimized as possible, it ends up like making you more miserable because you're more anxious about all the things that you're supposed to be doing better or differently. And then you're getting, you're like working on something and you're anxious that you're not being as optimal about as you could be. It's kind of like, I have a similar theory about, you know, the, the rhetoric around, oh, like there's $10 tasks. And then there's like thousand dollar tasks, or like people will say there's like, there's like, you know, assistant tasks and there's CEO tasks. And like you, if you're a business owner, you have to focus on the $10,000 tasks, or you have to focus on only what you can do. You have to like delegate everything else. And I have also found in my experience, that is another great way to become super miserable, super fast when you're like 
really focused on, oh my gosh, I should not be writing this email because that's a $10 task and I should have delegated it. But guess what? I like writing emails. <laughs> I like building sales pages. I like doing the creative side of my business. And so there's a lot of things like, I think people would think that it's very weird that I spend a bunch of time fiddling around in Canva, but I like to do that. <laughs> and like, and so there's a lot of things that like at our, you know, level of business or whatever, people would be like, why doesn't Mariah delegate that? But if I enjoy doing it at some point, delegating everything away to other people can just kind of make you unhappy and not, um, it means that at the end of the day, you're not really doing the things that you like to be doing. So yeah, the whole concept of being super productive, like I don't believe in morning routines. I don't have one. If someone at, like, I don't have a schedule. Um, I typically work like a three day kind of structure where Mondays are also, are what I call like CEO day. So it's not like, it's not like tactical work. It's more like, oh, if you need to strategize or like do some vision planning or do some big picture stuff. Like I'll do that on Mondays. And then my like core work week is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, but even that it's like, I just keep it as flexible as possible. And I don't really like having a schedule. I don't have a routine. Um, and I think the conversation around productivity can actually just add a lot of like unnecessary anxiety and uh, just make it less enjoyable. <laughs> just like do the, do the work that you love to do, you know? And it also doesn't allow for seasons, you know, exactly. what if you've got a family and they need more of your time? Exactly. Totally. Lots of, and like me and lots of my clients have like uh, different mental illness, chronic illness, physical illness, disabilities, all sorts of things. And I think, again, that conversation around being as productive as possible just completely excludes anyone with a different life experience than just like someone who has like the perfectly like optimized life for them. Yes. So in line with that, you have another concept all about keeping it simple. What does this mean for you and your business? And how can we apply that to our own lives as female business owners? Yeah. I mean, I think it applies to any business owner of any gender. I think um, having, you know, having a simple business means different things to different people and want people to embrace that. And it's not about having a blueprint. Again, it's not about stressing out and be like, my business not simple enough. It's like, do the things that you, that bring you joy, do the things that you want to do. I would say for me, like to use a more recent example. So I just like a week or two ago, we just um, wrapped up a launch for a new program that we just put out there. And the launch itself was such a great example of keeping things simple because I decided at the beginning of the launch, like right now, I'm like you said, talked about seasons. I'm in a season right now of pretty low energy um, and not, not like able to show up and be live on video every day, all that kind of stuff. That's like not, <laughs> that's not going to happen right now. So I'm in a season of very low energy and I had to design my launch plan around that. And so there's a lot of decisions that I made going into that launch where I was like, this just has to be as simple as humanly possible. Cause that's what I have. That is just as good as I can do. That is the most I have to give right now. That's my capacity right now. And so for me, it looks like making decisions like, putting out launch content that was all audio podcast based and not doing video um, and also not using social media. So I would, instead of creating content for social media, I would just take a screenshot of the podcast episode and post it up to social media. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stuff that's just so simple. And a lot of people would say, wow, she's really doing the bare minimum, which I was, but it 
it all worked out. It's one of our most successful launches. And I think that what ended up happening was for me, the theme kept coming back to it's okay to do it simple and that's enough. Like I just kept having this recurring theme of enoughness and how even if you do it simple, even if you keep it simple, even if you can't do all the bells and whistles, like there's so many things for a live launch of a product that you could do. There's like so many bells and whistles. You could be repurposing your content on every platform. You could be going live on social media. You could be doing this, you could be doing that. There's so, a million and one things you could do during a launch. And I just did the very bare minimum <laughs> and learned the lesson that that is enough. Keeping it simple is enough. And we don't have to go crazy with all the bells and whistles to still be successful if you have like the core foundational principles um, there. So yeah, that I think was a big lesson for me in terms of keeping it simple was literally just being okay with knowing I wasn't doing it all. I wasn't going above and beyond. I was doing what was in line with my capacity at the time. Which I think is a great lesson since most of my audience were moms. We have little kids or at least elementary schoolers in we don't have the luxury of saying, okay, bye. I'm not a wife and mother for a week. I've got a right. launch, <laughs> you know, sorry, not right. happening. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's so funny during, it's like, uh, people think of launching as being like super crazy and stressful. And, you know, we do, again, we do everything asynchronously. So instead of being on zoom or live streaming on social media or something, I just tell people to send me a DM, you know, and I'm happy to personally answer their questions. And that is even more of a connection. It's more intimate. Um, it's great for introverts, but like it, it can have that same impact. And yeah, even during this, this previous launch, just a few weeks ago, it was like, you know, I was, I was cooking dinner and going on walks and doing, you know what I mean? It's just like being able to just live your actual life. Um, it's not like you, you don't have to become a launch gremlin, but you can, if you want. I mean, like I've definitely done launch gremlin mode too, and that's okay. <laughs> I think that's just such a great reframe for all of us that again, lean into your enoughness in this season and it's okay to be low energy. It's okay to be an introvert. It's okay to have a lot of other things sucking your energy away and still show up for the business and still say, I am doing a good job with this business. Yeah. And where are you making that mean something bad, right? Like where are, where are you being like beating yourself up for it or negative self-talk about it or just making it something wrong or something bad when it's really just like, I mean, I always look at it as a, a creative constraint, right? So like you're saying, if it's like your family um, needs you and you can only work on your business two hours a day or something like that, that's what I call a creative constraint where don't look at it as a bad thing. Look at it as that's the parameters that you have and be inspired to be as be like as leveraged as possible. And maybe that means that you're actually going to come up with an innovation that helps you do something smarter or helps you be more efficient in some way, or helps you like just eliminate, just straight up eliminate things that you don't need to be doing because you have this creative constraint. And I don't look at those as excuses or, oh, you're not doing, you know, you need to be more, you need to do more, you need to commit more, blah, blah. Uh, those are very legitimate, you know, parameters and non-negotiables that people need to have. And I just look at them as like, well, how can we take that and turn it into like, actually like a benefit for your business? Which is a really empowering way to look at it. It's only a drawback if you let it be. If instead right. you flip it to, no, no, this is going to help me in some way, all the possibilities open up. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to be open to 
it could take a while for you to figure out how is this going to benefit me? Like there's been a lot of times in my life, like, like when I was diagnosed with Lyme back in 2020, those first few weeks, I was like, this is terrible. Like how, like I can only work like an hour a day. Like obviously over time it got better, but, um, you know, I just like, it's like, how is this, how could this ever be a good thing? This is like so, so awful. But then it totally helped me again, simplify and realize things that I could delegate, things that I could uh, eliminate, things that I could do differently and things we could be more automated with and stuff like that. And so I think that there's, um, yeah, there could, there could be potentially a benefit there. Yes. Okay. So would you tell our listeners where we can find you if they want to hear more about this automated, asynchronous, introvert-friendly way of doing business. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, go to fearlessceo.co and you can find right in the navigation, there's a link that says free trainings. If you want to just watch like a library of really great videos and trainings about all sorts of things like designing your offers and our marketing strategies. And there's even a video in there about how to run your business without social media. That's a good one. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's definitely, there's a whole library of free trainings there. Um, but really the, the Mariah cause show podcast, my podcast, the Mariah cause show is a great place to keep up with like my most up-to-date thoughts and strategies and things that are working now. And a lot of behind the scenes of what it's like to run a business <laughs> like mine. So yeah, definitely check out the Mariah cause show too. And I can definitely vouch for the value of all those free trainings. They're wonderful. Ah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Mariah. Thank you for having me. Bye for now and have a great day.